G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, often when we think of a cancer diagnosis, we think of a death sentence. Our thoughts may also run to the challenges that cancer brings to the elderly, or our compassion rises when we think of women with the more highly publicized breast cancer. But what about the diagnosis of a child with cancer and the brutal impact on parents whose hopes and dreams for their child take a turn that no one had anticipated? A conversation today about a nine-year journey with a little girl who at the age of three was diagnosed with cancer. It's been a life-changing journey for the family of young Victoria Grace. Victoria's mum, Wendy Robinson, has discovered that on her family's journey, God has been faithful. She told her family's story in a book called Victoria Grace, Living with Victory Through Childhood Cancer. And Wendy's joining us. Hello, Wendy. Welcome to 2020. Hi, Neil. Thanks for having me on today. Wendy, your book, Victoria Grace, Living with Victory Through Childhood Cancer. Uh, Victoria Grace is 12 years old today, so you've got nine years of history here to try and put into your book. How have you found the journey of writing your book and getting all of those details so that you can be a blessing to others? Yes. Well, the book covers the first three years of the journey. So it covers from the time when we found out that Victoria had a brain tumour to when she finished uh, chemotherapy treatment. So it really focuses on in on those first three years. And there's another book in the winds to cover the next six years where it's more about the ongoing um, challenge of having a, a child with a physical disability and the mental health uh, issues around that and uh, faith, yeah, continuing to trust for God's best for our family. And you've had faith in God for a longer time, no doubt, than the crisis that you're facing now. What sort of difference do you see that having that faith has made in your life when you were faced with the crisis of your little girl having a brain tumour? Yeah, so I became a Christian, I guess, when I was 24, so that's about 24 years ago, actually. (laughs) And yeah, so I, when I look back, I can see there was a lot of foundational things that God um, helped build in me prior to this happening with Victoria. So we'd had, um, you know, just issues in your marriage like you do and uh, financial stresses and things. And so through that, I'd learned how to trust God, I guess, at a certain level. You know, I'd learned how to press in and pray. And so when this situation arose with Victoria, as devastating as it was, sort of, Three days into the um, journey, I was, by the grace of God, able to come to a point where I could just journal things that I was thankful for. And I came up with this list of 22 things that I could, you know, like um, that my mum and dad who live in New Zealand, my mum had got her passport back the day before Victoria was diagnosed. So she was able to be coming over here straight away. 
um, yeah, and a whole range of things like that that made me help me to see that God had gone before and we hadn't been abandoned. So I, I, there were some key things I knew how to do from previous trials that really helped to get us initially through uh, this journey. Take us back to the first diagnosis when you got the bad news for your little girl, Victoria Grace, who was mm. just three years old at the time. Take us back to the emotional roller coaster you set forth on from that time. Oh yes. Well, when we when I took her to the hospital, we thought she just had something wrong with her leg because she'd been falling over. So when the neurologist, um, after six hours in emergency, um, says to me, "There's a mass in your child's brain," I, I just screamed. I thought, "No! How how can this be?" And I couldn't even ring my husband, who was away on business in Melbourne. I just said to the neurologist, "You'll have to ring and tell him I can't." And, yeah, so the next couple of days were just a real flurry of doctors coming and going and trying to work out how they get to this tumour, which is sitting on her brain stem, right in the centre of her brain. So, yeah, I think there was just initial shock, um, some anger, but more uh, just a crying out of God, how can this be, you know, what's going to happen to this little girl? And, yeah, just a, a real complete turn upside down of our whole world and after a couple of days in hospital they said to my husband and I you can take her home now and come back in seven days and we'll work out how we're going to do this operation Um, but we don't can't really tell you how she's going to come out of it or if she will come out of that operation so we left hospital not knowing you know what our life was going to look like in seven days time what else whether our family would be the same or not so at that time, Ken and I were able to sit and just say, okay, God, what, what is it that, you know, for us to do in these next seven days as a family? And we had three or four things that we felt to do. Um, it was right near Christmas, it was just after Christmas, so we had a lot of family in that around and done some special things. So we basically just did all those special things again as a family and went to church, had the elders pray for her and was really only four days at home until she started to become unwell and had to go back to hospital. But so, what does it do yeah. for your faith when you have that sort of bad news? How do you process the disappointment when things don't go the way that you dreamed? Every parent has wonderful aspirations for their children. All mm-hmm. of a sudden, mm-hmm. things have taken a turn for the worse. How do you process that disappointment as a Christian? Yeah, well, I, well for me, I First, it was just being real with God. Like, I, I was angry. I am angry, God. I don't understand how you could let this happen to a three-year-old. So it was just having those real, honest conversations with God. I, I believe he knows what's in our heart anyway. And it just, you know, word says to confess. So we're just confessing that to God. And then somebody said to me at the time, just stay in the Psalms, Wendy. Stay in the Psalms. So just devouring God's word, really, you know, looking at reading through those Psalms where David's like on a high with God and then he's really disappointed and doesn't understand. And that's really how it was. That's that roller coaster of emotions. And reading through the Psalms just helped me to go, okay, I'm not, not the only one that felt like this or feels like this. And that, that brings a level of comfort. And, um, and through that, then I was able to come to a place where I could just surrender and say, God, she's yours. We dedicated her as a baby. You gave her to us, and she is yours. And that's a really hard place to come to. But I think once I was able to come to that place and really trust God with her life, then I had that peace and got the strength from God to 
to go on and be, I guess, the mother that I needed to be over those years. And that's how you processed that disappointment. You did turn to God, back to the Scriptures, looking for Mm -hmm. His comfort, looking for His grace in a situation to take you through. But you've got other members of your family too, and you talk about their approach, their reaction in your book as well. How did the rest of the family cope with the challenge of what was ahead and the bad news they'd received? Yeah, so my husband um, is a Christian as well, but I'm an internal processor and he's an external processor. And thankfully, in those first few hours when we got this news about Victoria, a social worker at the hospital said to both of us quite directly that we needed to be respectful of the fact that each of us will deal with it differently. So I think having someone say that to us then enabled Ken and I the space to each process as we needed to. For him, it was all about talking to friends and, um, you know, just that verbal processing. So, and me acknowledging, okay, that's what he needs to do, so fine. And obviously he spent a lot of time in prayer and crying out to God as well. And then we've got three other children. So the impacts on them have come out in different ways over the years. We have one who's um, a very out there sort of child, so immediately we knew where she was coming from. Like, what about me? Why have you left me behind? Why are you not here all the time now, Mummy? What's going on? Because obviously I was in the hospital a lot with Victoria. And then we had another one that's a very uh, a lot quieter child, probably a bit like me, an introvert, and it was, took three years for him to actually come out and say, hey, you know how you know how this has been for me. This has hurt me. This is you know a long time. And then, and the third one, it was six years when actually she started to actually get sick herself, and that was sort of a, a physical manifestation of all the emotional pain inside her over those six years. So it's been a very interesting journey, and through that, I guess we've seen God just minister to each of those children and help us to be a lot better parent, you know, and understanding the needs of each child as we've all gone through this journey. And the importance of staying connected, not being isolated from people. And I imagine when we talk about staying connected, you've got this sort of parental pastoral oversight to keep your family intact and everyone else understanding what's going on. And then, of course, you've got your church family as well. How do you reflect on keeping everyone connected, not being isolated? Yes, with that, I think for me, the second time that the tumour started to grow for Victoria and um, she went through 15 months of weekly chemotherapy, towards the end of that, I, I started to slip into depression. And I just knew one of the most important things to do was to keep you know, in contact with people. And it mightn't have been a lot in the beginning, just a small circle of safe people, but then they were able to call on other people to help us. Um, And I think if I hadn't kept in contact with at least those three or four people, it it probably wouldn't have ended well for me. Um, You know, I probably would have, yeah, had to be, needed extra help. So by keeping in contact with those few people, then we were able, they were able to set up roster for us, for people to bring food on the days that uh, Victoria had her treatment. Uh, they were able to provide sort of a like a babysitting roster so Ken and I could go out once a week and maintain our marriage through this. Uh, you know, and then there was people that would come up to the hospital and help us. So just that practical support as well as the emotional support was um, 
critical. And I think at one point I had about 60 people on a list, not that I was contacting them directly, but I, I like to say thank you to people. So I wanted to keep a list of all the names of all the people who'd given so generously their prayers, time, you know, money to us to help us get through this. Well, Wendy, Victoria Grace was three then. Now she's 12. Uh, what's the outlook for her right now and for the future? Yes, well, it is exciting. July this year, so July 2019, eight and a half years later, she had her last MRI uh, brain scan. The oncologist said he is happy not to do any more. So that is quite different to what he told us when she was diagnosed, that what would be happening for her around this age of 12 years old. There was talk of radiation and a whole number of things. So that has not happened. The tumour is still there in her brain, but it has not grown for over five years now. And she herself is full of life. She's been classified as a para-athlete, so she's competed at state level for swimming and national level for athletics. And just recently, she was one of the lead roles in her school musical. So despite this disability that she's got, a left side weakness, she she seems to have been able to reconcile with God that, okay, this is my body, this is where I am today, and I'm going to make the most of these things. It's hard work for me. I have to do a lot more to maintain my body functionally. But I just know that there's a reason, and I'm, I'm just getting out there and doing it. Well, it's been a huge journey for you and Wendy Robinson, uh, Victoria Grace's mum. Uh, you've told your story in a book, Victoria Grace, Living with Victory Through Childhood Cancer. I'll tell listeners how they can get a hold of it. You can get a hold of it from Kurong Books, uh, either in the store or online. You can get an audio version too at christianaudio.com. And you can visit Wendy's website, wendyrobinson.com.au. Wendy, thanks so much for sharing your heart with us today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 